clock counterpart, our digital future. Our digital future is on Thursday mornings, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. And last week I was graduating, but this week I'm here on campus. And we have a very special guest on the line. We've got Ray. Are you there? I am. Hello. Thanks for calling in so much. I'm so happy to have you. I'm very excited to um, finish your program at the Graduate School of Library Information Science. I'm very happy to be here with you. Gisless was great at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign and May 13th we just had the walking ceremony and you called out my name and we were in um, Puerto Rico together as well. Um, Ray Ann Montague is Assistant Dean for Student Affairs and Assistant Professor at Gisless. So you're in Illinois, you're two hours ahead of us today. Yep, I'm in uh, Urbana-Champaign. Thanks so much for calling at 10.30 a.m. your time in the Midwest. And the weather was a lot better there than it was here when I came back to California. <laughs> it's still beautiful here. And I'm really excited um, at your position right now in the library information science field. Can you please tell um, us and our listeners how you, in your life, decided to pursue this subject major and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, it wasn't something that uh, I, I pre-planned, really. It happened along the way. Uh, there were uh, many steps. I, I grew up in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada, and um, studied, uh, went to university out there, and while I was in college, I actually um, worked with uh, a local NGO that had a partnership in the Dominican Republic. So I spent a couple summers down there volunteering and um, started to learn some Spanish. So when I finished college, I decided I should go somewhere to, to work on my Spanish um, and have more opportunity to be immersed than around uh, Nova Scotia. So I actually moved to Mexico and uh, started teaching down there. And after a few years teaching, I ended up moving over to a school library to work as a librarian. Um, but I didn't have a lot of um, library and information science background. I had my teaching certificate, um, but I felt I needed more. So this was um, the late 90s, and um, I was in Mexico looking for options to um, study library and information science and came across uh, the University of Illinois LEAP program, the, uh, the online option for pursuing the Master of Science degree. So I did my MS uh, via LEAP from Mexico. Um, and that's how I started to get connected with Urbana-Champaign. Um, after I finished the degree, I um, was really intrigued with LIS and with uh, Champaign-Urbana, the school here. So I applied into the PhD program and, um, and moved here to pursue the PhD, uh, which I finished and then um, came into working in my current position, which is uh, a, a wonderful opportunity to combine my interests for, for library and information science and education. So I now work as assistant dean for student affairs. Um, 
principally, and I, I do get to do other things related to being an assistant professor, like research and teaching as well. So it's a, it's a wonderful combination of uh, activities that I get to do. So that's amazing. Um, how many years did you live in Mexico? I lived in Mexico for seven years. I hadn't planned to stay that long, but one thing led to another, and I ended up staying in, in Mexico for seven years. That's a really great experience to bring to library information science. Um, how, how do you feel about the, that subject over there in Mexico? Um, well, I was so I was at a, a pre-K through 12 school, and it was an American school where I was working as a school librarian. So a lot of the um, there were a lot of similarities to what you might see here. We were accredited through. Um, an American accreditation agency, and we had a lot of um, similar requirements, which was, you know, quite different from um, the public libraries or the academic libraries or other sorts of libraries that um, that are in Mexico. Um, the, the school library I was at was um, was very much on par with what you might find here in a school library. And then you brought that to the Urbana Champaign. Um, research, so you're an assistant professor. What class are you teaching right now? Um, I just finished uh, teaching a course on, actually on global issues, so global issues related to uh, library and information science, looking at um, many issues with a global lens, so um, experiences with other countries, with other regions, um, issues that uh, cross different boundaries. Uh, we, just, we just finished up in spring semester. Great. What what are the issues right now globally? Um, well, this was a seminar course, so we were actually looking at some of the um, topics in library and information science more with a global lens. So we were looking at things like um, youth services or um, archival practices or digitization, preservation. So we were looking at all of these um, sort of topics in LIS but with a focus outside of the U.S. or with the U.S. as part of that. That is interesting. Um, I went one time to the um, National Bibli Library of Spain, mm -hmm. Biblioteca Nacional de España, I believe it was called. It was a great place, really huge. I just loved all the art on the wall, how it looks to me like a... Well, they did have a museum in the library section. And they were talking, and I introduced myself as being from California into library science. And they were saying how they love how we're all so um, on the edge of the subject and that they're following our journals and our articles and they're following our practices. And I was surprised that they, they were looking to us. They were saying, oh, we love all the ALA and everything you guys, the research you're doing for libraries. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you can really learn a lot looking at models um, that are being uh, developed across um, different places, different countries. Um, that, you know, that's what we were doing, a lot of those things. What are the sort of the local issues? What are some of the technologies to be able to facilitate um, access um, and, and what kinds of um, structures? policies, practices um, can we develop to uh, meet people's information needs in different contexts. 
I mean, it was, there, there are so many possibilities, and we can really learn a lot from, from other people and, and different models. I imagine the, um, some of the archival issues in other regions are a lot heavier than here with just the greater history they have in other parts of the world. Sure. You know, it, there's a lot of, um, there's such rich content. There are um, lots and lots of possibilities and, of course, lots of challenges. Uh, related to, you know, from very technical issues in terms of temperature and, and storage and those sorts of things and, and resources and priorities and, and so many things. We have, um, it just reminds me, this reminds me a little bit of, um, of some of our doctoral students uh, now at Kazakh Gislist. So in addition to the, the master's program, which is our, our largest program, the professional degree to get that Masters of Science in Library and Information Science. We also have a, a doctoral program, and uh, we've had recently a few students defending their proposals or actually finishing up with their degrees. But you know, they're looking at issues. Um, for example, one of our students, uh, Claudia Serbanita, was looking at issues with Romanian public libraries. And um, just earlier this week, um, Shinju Yu uh, was looking at search engines and um, global perspectives and looking at uh, sort of a comparative of uh, search engines with uh, the U.S., with China, with the, within the EU. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that things emerge. And I know we were just at the National Library, the National Archives of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And you have a great relation over there in Puerto Rico. And do you see uh, Gislis forming a relationship between the Puerto Rican um, libraries, universities, even archives in the near future going back? Um, I mean, I think there's a, a tremendous potential for, for that partnership. Um, and it's based on um, lots of different kinds of experiences. We've had a partnership as well, as you know, with the Puerto Rican Cultural Center in Chicago um, as, you know, has been one of our partners where we've had lots of um, interactions over several years, much of that as part of uh, community informatics initiatives. Um, and then in terms of uh, opportunities to connect with PRCC as well as uh, with uh, different institutions in Puerto Rico, again, it's sort of win-win this opportunity for uh, us to uh, become involved and have access to um, the different kinds of collections, understanding um, the different um, kinds of institutions as well as collections. You know, when we were there, we were looking at um, museums, uh, governmental um, archives, such a rich collection of um, cultural artifacts. So, you know, a really wonderful um, environment for our students to gain experience with, uh, with all kinds of different documents and, and processes. Yeah, I really learned a lot about the community um, informatics aspect, and that's what I realized more and more over the two years of this program, what libraries really do for the community is so much more than a lot of people realize. We really go in there and help out. 
the community with information and just a lot of great resources. Well, sure, and and so you know, as communities uh, are forming um, ideas about uh, what to do with different community needs and community interests, having um, uh, access to information to help inform that process and technology to facilitate that, it's, it's a huge part of the whole process of community development that, you know, is very locally grounded. So, yeah, it's really exciting to be involved with um, this, this sort of um, change and, and um, developments across, you know, a number of different contexts. I'm, I'm currently working uh, with a grant called Mix IT Up or, or Mix It Up, which is funded through the Institute of Museum and Library Services, and, and we've been working on this grant for the past um, just over a year, but it's based on some earlier work that started here um, locally in, uh, in Urbana with the Champaign County uh, Juvenile Detention Center, where we have been working to, um, to develop the library within the JDC. Um, and then the, the current grant that I'm involved with is um, sort of modeling that, uh, partnering with different local agencies that are, you know, providing service, particularly um, service to youth and involving youth. Um, so youth advocacy is a big aspect of, of the grant. And um, so partnering with different agencies, having students um, uh, involved to get the students involved with these agencies, understanding what their needs are, and then sort of collaborating to develop um, different practices to, to address these, these issues. So have they had a library there previously in the juvenile facility? Um, well, the JDC uh, here, and of course they vary tremendously, but the JDC here in, um, in Urbana did have uh, a library but it hadn't really been attended to because, unfortunately, they, they didn't have any sort of professional library staff, uh, librarians um, there. So it had been um, operating just with um, their staff, the JDC staff, um, keeping it going. So when um, Gisla students working with youth here in the community um, identified this opportunity, uh, one of the first things that happened was weeding because, you know, a lot of the materials had just been collecting there um, that weren't really relevant um, uh, to um, the youth in the JDC or, you know, really for, for anyone who, who would be interested. They were just outdated and, and not really interesting. So that's really, that project started with a, a weeding process and then it's developed now so that we're, you know, working more on acquiring materials that are um, of interest um, to, to the youth and um, doing some programming, some book clubs and, and other things with the JDC library. That's amazing that there are really libraries everywhere most people wouldn't think of and they are very important to all groups of the world. And how do you see the future um, of libraries going as it is more ebooks and online resources, digitization? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're more of a, I think, a community gathering space for ideas, 
in some um, public library sense. Um, even the audio, the digital uh, MP3 downloads. I know the Los Angeles County Public Library system with your uh, library card you can get I think free five free downloads from the Sony Music Collection a week per library card. I think stuff like that isn't known and is a great resource. And just um, librarians are there. I feel changing their their job description to keep up with the the different changes. I think in the word library in general, which people I think need need to have better understanding of what we are and what we do. Oh, I totally agree. I, you know, I think um, there are. So many kinds of uh, libraries, and therefore, you know, so many kinds of librarians. Uh, we can think about school libraries and public libraries, academic libraries, special libraries. Um, but you know, as information uh, currently is being produced like never before, um, there there's just a lot. Of, there are a lot of. Uh, information possibilities. There are a lot of information messes. There's just a tremendous amount of data being generated um, that can be um, utilized uh, in, in such a variety of uh, sort of everything from very general resources to very specialized collections, different media, like you mentioned. Um, so there's just, you know, a tremendous possibility for, um, for creating um, sort of hubs of, uh, of information that can be useful for different groups. Yeah, I like the term infobesity. It's one of the first terms I learned at Guest List mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, that's a great word, to, I think, to describe this, yeah, the great amount of information that's not necessarily accurate or useful and everything on the Internet. Right, yeah, there's, there's a lot that's, uh, that's noise. So, you know, being able to sift through resources, being able to develop structures and policy to, you know, really make information accessible um, in a timely way is it's a, a tremendous art as well as science. So, you know, we have our, our work cut out for us. Even within this grant that we're working on now, within the Mix It Up, um, you know, I said we're partnering with different agencies and it's based on our work with JDC, but currently we have um, seven different partner agencies that we're working with and, you know, sort of understanding the constituents of um, each of these groups and what are their information needs and how they vary and what kinds of resources, what formats um, are, um, are most needed or are most um, of interest to them. We have, uh, we're working with the up center of Champaign County, which is Uniting Pride. So it's a group serving um, LGBT um, members of the community and, you know, understanding information needs um, in that context. Um, sort of, so there's a lot of activity as well with, um, with that partner to um, make information accessible that's uh, relevant, um, locally focused, and again, with, with the youth emphasis as well. And I want to remind everyone we're listening to Ray Ann Montague, Assistant Dean for Student Affairs and Assistant Professor at the Graduate School of Library and Information Science at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Thank you for also for your time this morning. And how long have you been at the as acting as the um, Assistant Dean for Student Affairs? 
Um, I started uh, my current position in 2005 um, as I was finishing up with my PhD. So I've been at this about seven years. Well, congratulations. It's a very great accomplishment. I'm very happy to have you there at this program. I just finished. I really enjoyed it. And what do you see as the changes in the seven years you've been there? Um, well, um, I think that there are um, sort of ongoing um, incremental changes. We're very committed to, um, you know, having open communication, uh, getting feedback from students, faculty, other constituents. Um, there's a lot of development along the lines of what we were discussing a little bit earlier um, with different sort of areas of specialization within library and information science. So for example, we've had, you know, for a number of years a specialization for school librarians that's tied to certification at the state level. Um, but we have other streams um, within the curriculum for students to be able to specialize um, with an emphasis on um, special collections or data curation or community informatics or those sorts of things. So, um, you know, it's still possible to sort of have a general understanding of library and information science, but they're different. It's also, uh, we have many students who are pursuing um, more specialized um, approaches. Yeah, I completed the Certificate of Special Collections, and I really enjoyed just learning about the archives and the different types of um, non-traditional libraries, mu music librarianship, audiovisual mm -hmm. materials in libraries and archives, and um, cataloging of non-written material. Right. Non-text. And, and then, of course, you know, since uh, we have our, you know, ongoing relationship with the, um, the academic library here, which is incredible, an incredible resource for all of the students um, that has, you know, the campus-based resources, but then tremendous um, virtual resources as well. We have, you know, a number of students interested in um, being academic librarians, working within academic libraries, and um, sort of uh, as part of that sort of scholarly process, um, the data curation that's often tied to scientific inquiry. Um, and then um, we have a good number of uh, faculty and students also concerned with issues related to, you know, very basic um, information, um, intellectual freedom information um, access issues. It's, um, you know, we've been following, or I've been following, many of us have been following issues, for example, with um, that are happening in Arizona with the, the closure of the, the Mexican-American Studies program um, that Ethics Studies um, was banned, uh, wow. via state banned, uh, ban at the Tucson School District and, you know, titles um, of books that um, we would consider um essential or certainly very basic to um, just being in school and, and you know being a, a high school student certainly not um, but these books having been removed from the shelves things like Shakespeare or, or uh, pedagogy of the oppressed or those sorts of things so um, issues related to intellectual freedom as well are always uh, a concern or an issue 
I minored here on campus at the UC Irvine uh, minor of Chicano Latino studies. I can't imagine something like that being banned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really hard to, to fathom. I remember we had a class even in um, film and media studies where we were looking at um, borders, and it was very interesting to think of not just the, the Mexican um, line between the United States, but also Canada and the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's just an issue, and I think it's relevant to everyone just to study all kinds of different issues everywhere. I can't imagine banning something. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, getting back to what we were talking about earlier in sort of, in sort of um, the global issues, how information flows and what are, how information flows across those boundaries that we create and, you know, where there are roadblocks what are different causes of those um, so that we can, you know, as librarians be focused on, um, you know, having enabling users to access information um, that they, they would like, that they need, uh, you know, in order to um, study or work or, um, you know, whatever they're, they're up to. Yeah, we're very great um, advocates of um, access to information for all. Right. And that's what I love about the library information science subjects matters, and and I really appreciate what you do at the Graduate School of Library and Information Science at the University of Illinois-Urbana-Champaign. And I want to thank you again for your time, Ray, for coming on Our Digital Future, Thursdays, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KCI at 8.9 FM in Irvine. We've had Ray Ann Montague, Ph.D., the Assistant Dean for Student Affairs and Assistant Professor talking with us this morning. And um, our 30 minutes have come to an end, but I thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was wonderful chatting with you. Oh, anytime, and I'm going to miss the program as I just finished the two-year distance learning from California. And people ask, why, why pick go to Illinois? And I say, well, it is the number one library information science program in the nation so why why not the midwest is a great place i'm glad to know it it is a great place to study and and thanks i'm so glad that you uh you did join us thank you so much for your time rayanne and montague from gifless and um, have a great day okay thanks you too bye bye-bye and that again was rayanne montague speaking with from the state of Illinois in the city of Urbana-Champaign from the university there and the Graduate School of Library Information Science, the Assistant Dean for Student Affairs and Assistant Professor. I want to thank her again for her time and calling in and stay tuned for more, more great public affairs programming here on KCI 88.9 FM. You're going to hear the 9 to 10 a.m. hour nonprofits for us, the world of nonprofit organizations. So stay tuned right there. Thanks for listening. University of California, Irvine, provides the community with Orange County's only School of Medicine and University Medical Center. Hi, I'm Dr. Ralph Clayman, Dean of the UC Irvine School of Medicine. 
I'm happy to bring you this medical moment. UC Irvine has more than 85 physicians named among